Hello, everyone. This is Patriot. Now, before we begin the show tonight, I just wanted to remind everybody how important it is that everybody out there who's a Patriot takes a moment to think about reallocating their financial resources to align with their political and their spiritual values. This is very, very important, folks. You've heard me talk about this many, many times, and I have a perfect solution for everybody out there to stop funding the big box conglomerates by going and doing your shopping at places like Walmart and Target for your personal and your household products. The company that I'm working with, switch-stores.com slash Patriot Underground, gives you an opportunity to do all of your shopping with the good guys. They have the best products out there, folks, non-toxic, absolutely incredible, manufactured in the United States. They compete directly with the cabal corporations. They have a 90 plus percent customer retention rate. What does that tell you? They have great prices. They have great customer service. And most of all, they have great products that are going to absolutely blow you away. Now, I'm telling you, folks, this is really important. It's incumbent upon us as patriots to do our part in defunding the cabal and taking away their ability to continue to funnel money into causes that are really designed to kill us. It is our responsibility. So click that link in the description of the video, switch-stores.com slash Patriot Underground. You'll be glad you did. I promise you, folks. Now enjoy the show. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is February 1st, 2024. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So today, I'm very honored to welcome a new guest to the show, probably a very familiar face to a lot of people out there. Uh, certainly, she's uh, no stranger to the truth movement, Michelle Moore, the host of The Michelle Moore Show. She's had a three-decade-long career. She's an award-winning author and an award-winning speaker. And uh, she shares a variety of topics and interviews each week on her show, which is really amazing. And quite frankly, I thought it would be interesting for us to have a conversation because, well, actually, we had a conversation about a week ago on the phone. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was I was saying to Michelle, we interview a lot of the same people, you know, Dr. Scott Young, S.G. Anon, uh, and most recently for me, Mike Gill, but you have a very close relationship with Mike, and I think a lot of people are interested to hear about that. So I thought it would be fun to have you on the show just to get your perspective on what's going on in the world and just to tell your story uh, as a you know a fellow truther, somebody who's uh, right there on the front lines uh, interviewing people and bringing the truth to the masses. So I really respect the work that you're doing, and it's an honor to have you on my show, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for asking me. Uh, absolutely. It was my pleasure. So I thought maybe we could begin by uh, getting a little bit of uh, background information because you and I were talking, we were getting to know each other and you have a quite an interesting life story. I mentioned a little bit of the highlights of your career, but there's a lot, a lot of uh, things that happened along the way. So I thought it would be interesting for you maybe to share some of the details that you shared with me about your background and uh, and how you went from a career that was pretty much unrelated to what you're doing now and, and took this, this pivot and turn into, you know, being a, a, a media figure, a truther, you know, I guess, however you want to classify yourself, but a uh, very interesting story. So uh, what can you share with us about your background? Well, so an award-winning real estate agent, and I, I wrote a book, I'm an author, a published author, I've written a few different pieces. Um, so, so unusual thing about me, though, is that so I, I end up writing this book called Selling Simplified. It was 55 Fast Tips to Jumpstart Your Real Estate Business, so written for real estate agents. 
And it ends up earning an international award in business and finance books. And so I tell people I really wrote the book in about eight minutes. Holy Spirit just came on me and I started just feverishly writing. My mind was just flooded with all these things that in many instances, I hadn't even said them in three or four or five years. And so by the time I went to bed, I had written 2000 words. And um, in college, I was a computer science major. I self-taught myself computer programming. Uh, language and and uh, was actually working for a company that uh, really was a computer co company with programming and all that interactive software it was in the 90s, early 90s. And so it was kind of interesting that I would end up, you know, doing something like sales, but I did. And and then in college, though, with computers, I had to take one remedial course and it was creative writing. So when I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that there was to be a book, I, I knew that was not my idea. <laughs> there was no way. And so and then, of course, I chuckled just at the fact that, you know, the book ends up earning an award. It's just like only God could do that. But then also I started at the same time having this calling about writing and sharing and speaking about forgiveness. So as a child, I, I was abandoned by both of my parents. I'm an only child and I was abandoned by both my parents. And so I ended up um, forgiving my parents for abandoning me as a child. And then the Holy Spirit one day said, now I can use you. And, you know, I was like, huh, I wonder what that means. And so, and then that's when all of the, you know, book writing opportunities and things came up and speaking engagements and stuff. So, so I speak at women's conferences and do different things. And so one of the last ones uh, was right after my son's accident, about six months later. And I wrote about, I mean, I spoke about uh, how God is still in the miracle working business. And so did a, did a real estate show on Music Row in Nashville for three and a half years called The Power of Real Estate. And it was a total God thing as well. I'd been doing radio and, and then I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to stop doing that and that he was going to do more with less and that I was going to do a podcast. And so I started doing that. And then about two months later, who, you know, who the public knows is producer Ron. Ron was working with me at the time and he. Um, showed me a report that showed that the podcast was being heard all over the world. And that's when I realized that's what God meant. He was going to, he had said, I'm going to do more with less money, more with less time, more with less effort, energy. And um, the podcast was just so much easier than a radio show and so much less time, effort, energy, money, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so um, he was doing more with it. It was just amazing. But I look now, though, and I see how the talk radio experience certainly prepared me for this. <laughs> and so, but yeah. yeah, so it's completely different, obviously, career. But I, I owned a providership for the state of Tennessee, which is called like a real estate school. They call it a providership. And I just recently closed that down and kind of, you know, realized that the Holy Spirit just that God has got a different plan for me. I'm on a different path. And I kept kind of keeping that door open, thinking, well, we'll kind of see. You know, I didn't have any expectations about the Michelle Moore show. It's just, you know, I'm sure that you probably the same way. You know, I just didn't have any thoughts or yeah. goals or. You I'm know, sitting you here shaking know. my head like a bobblehead because yeah. everything you're saying, I mean, I'm resonating with it. It's so similar to my experience. The, the details, of course, are different. My audience knows my story very well, but, you know, we all kind of ended up in this position uh, never thinking we were going to. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's it's definitely something I can relate to. But, yeah, continue. Yeah. And so one day I was out in my front yard and uh, I heard the Holy Spirit say, do you not see how I could use your sales skills for when and when I heard sales skills, I knew it meant communication skills. And he goes, do you not see how I could use your sales skills for my kingdom, for my glory? And I was like, um, hmm, never thought about it. And so uh, 
but sure, of course, God, yes, you know, you could use anything. And then I'm sitting on my front porch a couple of, I guess, a week or so later and uh, a few days later, whatever it was. And, and uh, he's, you know, talk, starts talking to me again about doing the show. And I didn't know it was going to be called the Michelle Moore show at this point, but I just knew it was a truth or show of some type. And my mother-in-law kept saying, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You just got so much knowledge. And producer Ron, you know, was, was learning a lot too. And he was going, gosh, you remember details like crazy. And I would say, I have a bad memory. And he'd be like, nah, you know, you always say you have a bad memory, but you don't. Like you just remember the craziest random details about all of this stuff with Mina, Arkansas and, you know, whatever with the Clintons and, you know, and all this. And so, and, and so, um, you know, I was sitting on the front porch and I heard, and, you know, God just, you know, showing me all these things about the show. And I said, well, um, you know, shouldn't, isn't this a little late? Like, shouldn't I have done this? I don't know, like three, five years ago or something. And God said, no, we're just only getting started. And so, you know, it was a clear calling. I had a television deal. I'd been doing Christian television with um, WHTN it's a, 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 and CTN, Christian Television Network. And I've been doing that for five years, doing Uplift with Michelle, which were little one minute spots, but, and they were being aired, you know, throughout the country on their network. And so I had uh, negotiated a deal where we were going to do a television show. And so it was kind of like, well, God, I mean, aren't I supposed to do the TV show? And, you know, I really was just recently telling a few people that, you know, it didn't make sense really. You know, for me, because it's like, well, gosh, I mean, how does God not want me to do a, a Christian television show? And and he wants me to do this other truth or show, you know. And right. so one day I'm sitting out in the backyard by, by my fire pit and I'm talking to God. I'm like, well, how would this even look? You know, like I can't even like what's the vision of what I would see when I watched my show? And he showed me a vision and I was like, OK, so Newsy, OK, I could get behind that. OK, and so I got that glimpse. And then all of a sudden I heard him, I was talking again. And so I said, okay, I got that. And then I said, well, what about all these people that I've mentored? Because on top of the real estate stuff and the writing and the speaking, I was also doing what was called uh, uh, writing with purpose. They were Christians that were taking the these conferences that I was doing once a year. And I was uh, putting on a conference and putting all these amazing people in the room that were within the publishing industry. Because living in Nashville, it's the largest publishing, you know, especially for Christians. You got Harper Collins, which used to be Thomas Nelson's, the largest Christian publisher in the world. And so I had people that either worked there currently or formally worked there and had their own, you know, editing and whatever businesses they had started. And so they were insiders to, you know, the publishing big box, big time publishing industry. So I was putting people who were being clearly called to write and, uh, you know, and publish books, I was putting people in the room, you know, with them that they would never normally be able to to be able to be in a room with and be able to hear how do you get a book written and published and edited and all the different things in marketing. And and so anyways, um, what's the difference between custom publishing, self-publishing and a big publishing deal? And so we had experts about all these different things. I didn't have to be the expert. I just needed to put all the people in the room. So um Anyways, and so, you know, we were doing that and it was just a great thing. But 
I said to God, you know, well, I've mentored all these people and they're a lot of them were um, pastors, associate pastors. They were people who, if they weren't already that, well, they started a ministry. They started um, television shows, Christian television shows and podcasts. And and so I said, God, what's this going to look like? I mean, there's probably some people thinking I'm already wearing a tinfoil hat, you know, <laughs> and I've lost my mind. So, you know, what what in the world? What what am I going to do? You know, I get it that it looks newsy, but they're not going to, you know, I mean, are you sure? Are you sure? And all I heard was, and this was it, this is this was it. I heard, um, when you search for the truth, I'm in the truth because I am the truth. And that's when I knew, all right, I'm in. I'm I'm in God. And so um there. yeah, that that was it. That's that's a that's such a great story. I love that. That at the end, you know, he finally got it's, it was like God was connecting the dots for you and there was like that that yeah. moment where it all clicked. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, my experience, you know, I won't get into any detail on it because this is about you today, but you know, my experience is so similar in the sense that I just kind of woke up and I mean, I I didn't I I don't think I was really conscious of the fact that I was listening to the Holy Spirit, but all of a sudden these ideas were just coming to me out of nowhere. And looking back on it, I think because this had really never happened to me before, it was so, it was such a strange experience. But it was all of a sudden I just had this sense of purpose, like I knew what I was supposed to do, and God just led me every single step of the way. It was like I, I woke up one day and bought a lab, <clears throat> excuse me, I bought a laptop. I looked at my wife. I said, I'm going to go get a laptop. And she said, for what? And I said, for a podcast. And she said, she just like looked at me like I was crazy. But you know, that, that wasn't a first, obviously, you know, she's done that many times. So, you know, she went along with it. And, and then all of a sudden I was thinking to myself, well, what am I going to name my show? And every, like when you were talking about, you know, the, what's the Michelle, Mich uh, Michelle Moore show going to look like? And it's like the name Patriot underground just appeared in my head, it, it, you know, and everything, has been sort of along those same lines. It's really just been a spiritual journey that's taken this form. And I, I really love talking to people who have had a similar experience where they've kind of, they've been on this one path in their life and we've experienced such amazingly epic things happening in our country for the past three or four years that I, it's it's prompted people to take a totally different direction and, and something that they never expected to do. And uh, I think it's amazing that so many people have have heard God's calling and have you know, this this is the reason that we're here. I mean, that really is is ultimately what, in my view, all the preparation that we've gone through in our entire our entire lives were meant to bring us to this point, so that we could be present and accounted for and really be leaders at this point. So uh, I resonate with your story quite a bit. So I wanted to ask you. I mean, I mentioned a couple of the people that we have in common. You know, in terms of the the folks that we've interviewed, you've been uh, you've been out there doing this. I think you know certainly you've had a lot more experience in media than I have. I'm just kind of like learning as I go. But a lot of you know, there's been a lot of crossover there. So I'm I'm curious um, from you know from one podcast host to the to the other, what is it that you uh, look for when you're you know when you're thinking about who you want to have on your show? Right. Because I get well, that a lot. You know, people are saying you should interview this person, that person. Some of them I've heard of, some of them I haven't. And but they're just six for me, there's something that I just like I really gravitate towards certain people for certain reasons. So I'm curious to hear uh, if you have a perspective on that. Sure. So for me, everything is about the viewer. It's about the people. 
And, um, and so, you know, it's about the truth. And, you know, I always go back to what God said, you know, sitting out there at the fire pit when he said, you know, when you search for the truth, I'm in the truth because I am the truth. So I focus on the truth. I focus on whether it's whether people need to be paying taxes to the IRS or whether, you know, government corruption, whatever the truth is, MK ultra survivors. And what did that look like? And, you know, really shining light on things and it having a purpose. I think all of us are trying to search for the truth. It's still, you know, some are newer at this than others. Some have been on journeys. I have viewers that tell me they haven't been paying taxes to the IRS for 30 years. And then I have some that say this is my third or fourth year. And I have, you know, everything in between that. And so, but for me, and then I have new viewers that are like, how do I not pay taxes? And how does this look? And so, you know, the, it's hard to, and, I, and I'm also looking for some things that are different as well. I don't want to be like everybody else and interview every, all the same people. I'm very, and I have a lot of ideas that just come to me. Producer Ron, I remember years ago said, I was the queen of like seven, you know, steps and five, you know, must haves and three signs of X, Y, Z. You know, he said, yeah, I just have never seen someone just come up with that. But but a lot of that, it looks like on the surface, I just come up with it. But really, um, it's not that it's that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit just gives it to me. And so when we and I talk about this a lot, I talk about, you know, I am doing something that I'm called to do. And so when we're in that calling, then what I expect is that I'm going to do the I'm going to do the natural part. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I believe I have natural giftings and talents and, you know, that uh, and a lot of things that I've been told, wow, you make it look so easy to interview people. And of course, as you know, it's not easy. And so it's a talent. And of course, I did, you know, radio for three and a half years. So that really was a training ground for me with iHeart. And so I had some really great producers that coached and taught me. I even, you know, Holy Spirit told me at one point to early on to, to hire one of the producers to coach me and to do some consulting work for me uh, so that I could, you know, learn how to do things correctly. So I, before I got any bad habits. And so but for me, everything is about the viewer. I, I see everything as I work for God to serve the people. And so, um, because what God told, told me one time, and this was months ago, he's, I was really separating serving the people uh, from God. And one day, I, and I didn't realize I was doing that, but it was like, okay, what can I do for the, you know, for how help this person? You know, I just like, I talk about the wave watch a lot and what it does and how it helps people. And I read the testimonials and I talk about it because I'm passionate about it because it, it really affected me and my health. But it also affects my viewers. And so but I'm very passionate about that. And of course, with real estate sales and all that, you know, you I've earned over 40 sales and leadership awards. And so I sold 100 homes in a year. And you don't do that without really taking care of people. And my heart is for the people. I just naturally care. Hundred in um, one year. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so um, and so what happens is um, but I naturally care. So I've done business uh, coaching and I've always told people that I, you know, business owners and real estate agents, I've always said, look, you know, I can teach you and coach you on all kinds of things about business and real estate and sales and all of that marketing and, and social media. But what I can't do is I can't teach you to care. And you either do or you don't. And the people are going to know your clients, your customers, whatever, they're going to know the truth. You cannot fake caring. It's the one thing you can't do. And so anyway, so, you know, that's just been my philosophy. And so maybe a long answer to your question. But um, for me, it is about the people and how does this add value to the people? But I want to go back and I want to finish this part of the story of where months ago I heard the Holy Spirit. And this is how it, he revealed it to me that I was separating serving the people and serving him and walking in what he had called me to do. And he said to me, when you serve the people, 
you were serving my children. You were taking care of my children. So you are serving me at the same time. And so that's when I kind of stopped and went, oh, I'm seeing I've been seeing this differently in my mind. I didn't even realize it until he said it because it's kind of why did he tell me that? And so it was so good. It was just so good. And so I am by, you know, he has sent me to tell the truth and to find the truth, report the truth and give people a voice that others won't give a voice to. Um, and whether that's an MK, do you know, I mean, I don't know if you really have this much yet or, or whatever, but I have whistleblowers that call me MK ultra survivors, different people that will call me and they'll be like, you're the only one that will help me. You know, are you the only one that has called me back? Do you know how many people I've reached out to? And they give me a long list of all these names of people they've reached out to that they won't even respond. They won't even get a response from for this from this person. And so that's one of the things I really work hard. People probably have no would be shocked to hear um, how many emails I deal with in a day because I pretty much read every single comment on Rumble on all the platforms and all of the uh, emails that come through the website and personally see to it, people are getting ivermectin, people are getting, you know, their answers, their answers to their questions about any random thing, because again, it goes back to, you don't work this hard taking care of people and not care about the people, if that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. I mean, and it, it really resonates. It, it rings true with the, the type of guests that you have on your show as well. I mean, everything that you've talked about, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very obvious when I watch you and, and I listen to you interview that you do care. And that's one of the things I think that uh, I've, I've discussed this with a lot of my uh, guests recently, you know, that the fact that the Great Awakening is elevating everybody's consciousness to the point where you can really tell you, it's almost like you have this we we have this ability to be able to know whether someone's actually you know being honest and truthful and it's it's getting more and more obvious for people as time goes on as our consciousness rises and you know the people that you have on your show i mean i was actually um you know i, I saw some of your early interviews with mike gill and i mean i was just blown away by that information and and your relationship with him is certainly something that i was you know curious about because you you definitely have a very close relationship with him and i and i admire because you know you said you're all about the truth and that's actually one of you know one of my early tag uh, taglines for my show is you know my my allegiance is to the truth and you know sometimes i get flack for that i i like you i read all the comments uh, I don't necessarily respond to everyone because I don't have the time. I still have a full-time job. I do this on the side, but I do the best that I can. But certainly, um, you know, I get a lot of comments, a lot of uh, people and, uh, you know, on all different sides of an opinion, uh, you know, on a guest, on an issue. And it, you've probably learned as well that there's no such thing as pleasing everyone. I learned that actually before I started podcasting. And then when I started podcasting, I really learned that it was like a giant, you know, exclamation point next to that lesson. And I just follow my own, you know, my own voice, my own, my own internal compass and whatever, wherever that leads, I'm all about the truth. I'm not about, uh, you know, a certain narrative and, and uh, basically just, uh, you know, being dogmatic about it. I, the way I look at it, it's a journey because you never really know which direction you're going to go. And as far as I'm concerned, you go wherever the truth leads. So I'm, I think you and I are very well aligned on that. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, and you know and different voices are absolutely vital as far as I'm concerned in that process. If you're listening to the same uh, narrative over and over and over, you're really not getting closer to the truth. So uh, at least in my view. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Mike Gill. I know that uh, you, like I say, you have a close relationship with him, and I know a little bit about the story of how the two of you connected. 
Uh, but I know that's also kind of tied into sort of the uh, the theme that you were you know telling us about in your in in your response to the first question, which is kind of like how God led you in this direction. And you described it to me as sort of a God moment. So I'm curious, uh, how did you connect with Mike? And uh, what was it about that uh, connection that, that you know, really made you guys uh, almost like, I mean, he's on your show all the time now. It's almost like you're, you know, your partners in a sense, uh, not not literally, but, you know, he's he's really latched on to you. And he's tr I think he trusts you more than anybody. So I'm curious to hear how did you guys get connected? And, um, you know, we can go from there. I have a couple follow ups after that. Yeah. So, um, you know, m well, the first thing was when I first spoke with him, we I listened to him for an hour and I remember it was an hour and 44 minutes and I had taken two pages of notes front and back of one piece of paper. And um, I had this idea that came to me again, a spirit led, and it was to do a three part series. One thing I understand is marketing because of real estate. And, you know, I teach I, I owned a real estate school and writing and speaking and teaching. And so I, um, you know, I I really uh, saw that there was a lot of information. I also understand that it's a lot for people to understand. And he was saying a lot of names. I wasn't from New Hampshire. I was trying to grasp exactly what was going on with him. I had heard an interview he had done uh, on some Sunday night. I couldn't sleep well, turned, pulled up my phone, you know, sitting on the couch late, which was un un very unusual for me. And I heard his interview and was just riveted by it. And thought, man, I really want to get a hold of this guy. And when I got the opportunity to be able to get a hold of him, I did. And, um, you know, his background is mortgage. Mine is real estate. I ran Keller Williams Nashville. And I, I just accomplished a lot within the real estate industry. And so there was just, um, there was a lot. Now, I haven't, you know, done what he's done in the mortgage side as for real estate. But but we really kind of talk each other's talk. We're both very driven uh, we both had childhoods where, that were trying and have overcome things like that. We both are very passionate about taking care of people. He's told stories, you know, about things that he did as a as a uh, owning, you know, the, the mortgage brokerage. And, and so it was values, you know, when you find someone that really cares about people, cares about justice, cares about children, you know, just looks at life the same. So we were able to kind of align and go, you know, it's kind of like naturally I'd you know, I think that um, I gravitated toward his message because of who he was. And, you know, you're saying, well, the consciousness has risen. Well, and I think that's an excellent point. But I also think that sometimes like back before the consciousness did rise, what would it, you know, think back? How did we know if somebody was somebody we would, you know, align with and whether we were friends or do any kind of business together? A lot of it is when you listen to people, they'll tell you who they are. And so if you'll just listen long enough and let them speak enough, and that's, you know, Mike Gill's never had a problem sharing who he is. And so and I'm a great listener and a great question asker. And so I was asking questions and found out stories and thought to myself, OK, again, remember what I've always coached and taught to those students. Right. That is, you know, people are going to know the truth. I can't coach you and teach you how to you know, care about people and make no mistake. Your clients and customers are going to know that, you know, whatever it is, if you do or you don't. And so it was very clear to me he cared. He cared about children. He cared about people. He cared about integrity. He cared about the drug running, the gun running, the injustices. And and the thing about Mike, too, is he sat across his desk 
with people who, and he told me story after story of people that he looked in their eyes and they had been taken out of a, out of a pyramid scheme kind of thing. And, you know, an, or Ponzi scheme. And he was talking about these people and, you know, and just, you could tell the passion. I mean, he's, he doesn't hide the passion. Well, I can be that way too. I can be very passionate. I, I uh, care about justice and truth and honesty and righteousness. And so, and so does he. So that's why those things started, you know, it was like, okay, I can align myself with this. And like I said, you know, I, and then when I said that about the three part series, I looked down at the piece of paper and literally a section of, of notes just came up off of the page. And I've only had this happen a couple of times. And it was like, okay, I literally knew what we were going to do. Show one, show two, show three. And I, you know, pitched the whole idea to him and he said, okay, yeah, I could do that. Okay. And then it just went off from there. You know, he starts talking about James O'Keefe and at one day, and I'm like, wait a minute, unbeknownst to anybody, including producer Ron, even my producer, I had been waiting quietly for about eight months. I had been, I had caught a lead about uh, James O'Keefe not being who, you know, he really was um, seeming to to be to everybody. And so, well, when I found out that he had this history with James O'Keefe, it was like, ding, you know, the light bulb went off. So we did a show called Is James O'Keefe Really Who You Think He Is? And I'd already done one um, that was called Is Ron DeSantis Really Who You Think He Is? And then I did one Is General Michael Flynn Really Who You Think He Is? And so it was kind of this series of stuff. And so, you know, um, I was uh, it just it didn't I didn't plan on us doing that. In the midst of all of that, there was some turmoil and some changes of events. And, you know, I have to say, too, I was pretty naive. You know, one day he called me and he goes, hey, you know, I've been telling you this stuff about General Michael Flynn. I go, yes. And he goes, you know, I'm going to be on your show tomorrow. Would you mind if I, you know, do you care if I say a few things like, you know, some of the stuff I've been telling you? And I was like, no. And he goes, really? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't understand why you sound so you seem so um, surprised. I mean, the first time we ever had a conversation, Mike, you said that you this was not political, that the truth takes you where the truth takes you. So, you know, and I told you that that was the same with me. It's not political. You know, the truth takes me to where the truth takes me. And if it looks ugly, so be it. I don't care. I'm not married to any of it. And so um, and I'm a learner anyways. So learners are leaders and I lead off all kinds of stuff and run, you know, been self-employed and all this. And so, you know, I don't have a problem with change. I don't I don't, you know, go around looking for it, but I don't fight it either. I don't I don't um, you know, I don't find it as a bad thing. And I definitely love to learn and grow. And so and so he's you know, he goes, really? So it won't get you in trouble. And I was like, trouble what are you talking about and uh and I go what kind of trouble and he goes you know like with your uh your, you know your movement and I go the your people you know and I go are you telling the truth or and he said yes yes and I said oh well no this is gonna get me in any trouble with anybody and I kind of laugh and I'm like we're all looking for the truth and he goes oh you think so huh <laughs> and and so Then as things evolved, I started realizing that I was being naive and that and and actually the Holy Spirit gave me a vision one day. And I've spoken and shared about this a few times one day. And this wasn't that long ago, but this was part of my myself, you know, waking up to this part of it was that, uh, uh, you know, I had a vision and it was um, ABC, NBC, CBS. It was like one after the other, you know, a column. And it was MSNBC, CNN and then Fox. 
And so I thought, okay, this is all, uh, you know, mockingbird media. And so the Holy Spirit said 100% captured, you know. And so I was like, oh, yeah, uh -hmm, okay, yeah, mockingbird, okay. And then there was this other column next to it, and I saw, and it appeared, and it showed, you know, um, a bunch of different names and things, way more. And it was people that were within the truther movement. And so it was a column of all this, like, endless truther stuff. And um, and so he and then um, my eyes went back in the vision over to the first column, which was the Mockingbird Media. And the Holy Spirit said, uh, you don't think that all these people right here just stayed over here and let the people turn their TVs off and then go over to this other column over here, do you? And it's all good, like, mm. you know, not compromised. Mm. And I was like, uh, OK. And so uh, I realized, and I've thought a lot about that. And I, you know, I had to realize, you know, of course, it reminded me of what Mike said. Mike and I are good, good for each other because um, Mike knew stuff I didn't know. And I knew things he didn't know. And so, you know, uh, he didn't, he'd never heard of the truth or movement uh, a year ago. So, so it was all good, you know, that we were able to start helping each other and teaching each other about different aspects that each of, you know, the two of us weren't familiar with each other, uh, you know, with the, with, with that knowledge base. And, and so, but again, you know, he was from the mortgage company business and I was from the real estate industry where we're both highly accomplished and driven people. And so, you know, we're working, we have common goals, common missions. And so it only made sense to help this man and especially when I was helping him, he wasn't getting a lot of help. And so, which I wasn't understanding. I didn't know it was going to blow up like it, it has and all that. I'm just trying to help the guy because I believe him and he makes a lot of sense, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was that simple. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you two are just kindred spirits, really, I think, in a lot of ways on, you know, in terms of your professional background and, you know, just kind of your your overall demeanor, your your personality type. And ultimately, most importantly, you're driven by the same things, your desire for justice. And uh, that's one thing about Mike Gill. I mean, he obviously there are people out there who have wide ranging opinion, opinions on the man. I know you saw uh, his interview, uh, the roundtable I did with him on my show, and it got very, very fiery. I uh, wasn't expecting that it was going to, but you know, the the thing about Mike is, is that even the people that, uh, you know, even it's, it's amazing to me, even the people that he is pointing out and calling out now don't deny who he is and don't deny the truth behind his story and all that he's been through. It's it's almost like it's universally acknowledged. Uh, that Mike is, uh, you know, he's telling the truth and he's, he seems, it seems like he's, he's coming from a good place. It was, uh, to me, very surprising though, when he came out against, uh, you know, 107, uh, and that whole, you know, uh, conversation that he had, was on your show, of course, um, and I know that you've interviewed Juan in the past, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, and and I'm just kind of curious, and you you know you can comment on this or not, but I you know to what extent do you do you sort of align with uh, the things that Mike is saying about uh, you know General Flynn, Juan O'Savin? I mean, he's put a lot of things out there that uh, some people would say are, are very divisive. Other people would say are you know in a sense kind of like red pilling the people within the truth community about what you were saying that uh, it's not exactly what you think it is and there's a lot of infiltration. So, but, you know, it's created a lot of varying different opinions. So I'm curious, you know, to what extent, uh, you know, if you're willing to share, you know, what views you you align with Mike on and maybe, you know, if there are any that, you know, you, you perhaps have different viewpoints. Sure. Well, um, I think the big thing here is 
um, it goes back to the the vision that I just shared about, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, we all knew they were uh, corrupt, right? We knew they were Mockingbird Media. But Fox, we all learned together that they were dirtbags, right? And we learned it at the very last minute. And so I think it's a good thing. You know, when I uh, earlier this year, I got to thinking about something, and that is who wins by not, um, you know, sharing the truth and not speaking. If you notice that somebody is not who they say they are, or they pose as they are, then are we supposed to just be quiet and let people? I mean, isn't that leading the 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 sheep to the slaughter? And so, you know, and um, so and look, I mean, don't you think that I mean, you're a believer. So don't you think that sometimes the truth is divisive? Indeed. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yes. So the truth is the truth. And so be it. Yeah. Um, that's why there know. aren't that many that have the courage to put it out there. That's the thing. I think that's part of what, why Mike was so surprised when he heard your response to that, because it's it was it's an act of courage. You may not have been aware of it at the time. It's just kind of your nature. But most people don't really have that courage to go in that against the grain, especially within our community. And, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm not looking to cause waves and problems and controversy, but I'm also not going to shy away from difficult conversations and, you know, difficult, even difficult guests that I have on my show because I think it's vitally important. But go on. Yeah, that's so good. And so, um, you know, I think that's important that we um, that we do that no matter how ugly you know, it doesn't say, you know, I am the, tr you know, like just like, oh, I'm a truther and I'm going to share the truth on my show until it makes, you know, makes me uncomfortable or unless I think people might not like it. You right. know, no, it doesn't work that way. It's like when we're called to forgive, it doesn't say unless or until, well, you forgive, but you can wait for an apology or if they've done X, Y or Z. No, we're just called to forgive. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if they've apologized or not, right? And so uh, that's one of the things I write about, you know, in my book, Abandonment to Forgiveness, I write and share and speak about the power of forgiving, you know, my parents and how, change, how it changed my life when I forgave my parents for abandoning me as a child. And so it's kind of that same thing. It's like, well, where is the truth stop and start? And where do you, where do you stop and start? Well, when, you know, Mike Gill says it's not political, this is about wherever the truth leads me. So, and I said, oh yeah, me too, absolutely. I don't know that there are a lot of people that are in this movement that um, feel that way. I thought there were, but I'm not so sure. And so, um, you know, that's that's where I stand. The truth is the truth. And that's what I am committed to that. And no matter how ugly it is now, people will say, well, that's being divisive. You're, you know, oh, you told this and you said that. And well, when I did the, the the show about is General Michael Flynn really who he thinks he is? And I show four different images of four different men that are all posing as General Michael Flynn, and they're clearly not the same person. I mean, I think that's a pretty good thing to be asking, don't you? A hundred percent. You know, so, I mean, nobody else seemed to be asking that question. You know, why did he do the satanic, you know, it's not a prayer. I don't know why people call it a prayer. But it's it was the seven rays of light and all that stuff, which, by the way, again, I learn things every day also. So when I went to go for preparing for that show and went and found that Alice Bailey seven rays of light um, satanic thing. See, you got to go back to that. It wasn't a prayer. That's why the people needed to repeat after him. OK, y'all like need people, almost. Yeah. Yeah. People need to realize. And it took place in, a, in an American church. So yeah. people should be outraged. So here's where I stand. So going back to what you said. So people really had a problem with Donald Trump. 
Okay. And, um, you know, I don't like the way he speaks to people. I'm not voting for him. I'm going to vote for Biden or I'm going to vote for Hillary. Okay. Well, here's the deal. We're in a fight of our lives. We're in a war and people need to wake up and people need to pull on their big boy underwear and they need to realize that a war is a war. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I would much rather have somebody tell me the truth to my face then no matter how ugly it was, scream it to me, yell it to me, whatever, but let the truth be the truth versus somebody who whispers sweet lies into my ears while they're trying to stab me in the back, okay, and take me and my family and my bloodline out, okay, for Satan and uh, adrenochrome or whatever. And so, you know, the fact of the matter is when you're in a war, you want someone fighting for you like a Donald Trump, or at least I do. And I'm going to tell you, I see Mike Gill no different. Mm. And so I stand with Mike Gill 110%, period. I agree with everything the man has said. And so and he, nobody knows of JFK Jr.'s a lot, the real JFK Jr. I mean, that even has some doubts on it now at this point. You know, I don't know if you've seen about that, where why was he called John John? And so now there's other man's come forward and, you know, and all this person was replaced. And look, I mean, these people, even the Kennedys were a bloodline. And so people never mention these things. And so, you know, it's it's not all I don't think it's nearly as clear cut. And I can see why Mike has such a hard time with some of this. And and quite frankly, I think it's a good thing that all of us think critically and ask hard questions and are we being duped? And it's been four, almost four years later, and we still have this actor, Biden, that is still on the stage. And when is he coming? It's not enjoy the show to me. This is my life, mm. you know, and this is my I have children I'm worried about. You have kids. Aren't you worried about their future and what yeah. kind of country? I mean, you know, the, the, and I always say, like, my kids won't be won't have to say my mom didn't do anything. Uh, she didn't fight. Oh, I fought. I'm fighting real hard. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. And it's like with Mike. Mike is fighting. Mike ha has got grandkids he hasn't seen. And so people want to get all upset about his tone of voice. And it's like, wow. You know who else they did that to? Donald Trump. That's Donald Trump. Point. That's an absolute. So, how about this? How about shut up and get up and start doing something instead of whining? That's how I feel when it comes to Mike Gill. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I I think that's a great response. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I'm in full agreement, first of all. I think that I, I can't say that I agree with I'm not in lockstep agreement with Mike on every issue. But in terms of the principle uh, that you're talking about of getting the truth out there and hearing all these different perspectives, because I mean, I have to say when I had my first, when I had a conversation with Mike on the phone, a private conversation, and we, you know, we were sharing ideas, I was just I mean, it's really hard to doubt the man's logic when he lays everything out. And he I mean, he's got evidence for everything that he says. I think that there is uh, the the problem, I think, Michelle, and I don't know, you can maybe weigh in on this if you care to. But we're in this psychological warfare, this fifth generational warfare with all of this deception that's gone on. Um, I'm not sure what your viewpoint is on, you know, the various different um well, there's certainly various different factions in the Patriot community, and definitely um, there's also the conversation about, you know, the Q drops themselves. Uh, but there's there's a lot of different aspects that go into how people formulate their opinions and how they view the war and how they, in general, you know, the narrative, I guess you could say that they tend to adhere to. Right. And 
people don't really know what to believe. And that's the problem, I think, with a lot of folks. So, you know, a lot of folks have been listening to Juan and listening to, uh, you know, folks uh, sort of in that general sort of orbit. Mm -hmm. And then Mike Gill comes along and just kind of like blows it all up, throws a, like a, you know, a massive stick of dynamite in there. And, and basically, you know, in a sense, like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think it was very jarring to a lot of people, but that that's probably in, in my view, because there's different ways of looking at it. You, like I said, you could look at it as well. He's, then this is the main criticism of Mike that he's being intentionally divisive and he's caused at a critical time and he's causing all types of division in the community and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and but then again, the flip side of the coin is, is that the man could be telling the truth about all of these things. I'm not going to necessarily say one way or another, um, you know, I'm not going to go point by point about the things I agree or disagree on. I, I, I tend to, uh, well, I mean, it's no big mystery. If you listen to my show, I'm very much a believer in Q and the Q drops and so forth. So that's kind of an area where we may differ a little bit, but certainly in terms of the individuals in the community, uh, I keep an open mind. I mean, and, and one of my basic litmus tests, quite frankly, is that the individuals who uh, are you know, willing to have conversations, willing to share ideas, willing to have different people on who may contradict each other or may disagree with each other, willing to have guests that might even upset their audience. Because to me, that shows that you're really trying to approach the truth from various different perspectives. And that, quite frankly, is a lot more important than just adhering to a certain narrative, even though, even though it may be comfortable for people. And I think that's what it is, is like when somebody like Mike comes along and he and he, you know, he opens up his own version of Pandora's box in the in the Patriot community, in a sense, and like causes everybody to question things. Uh, it causes, I think, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, I guess a sense of cognitive dissonance, right, where they don't really know who to believe. Now, I don't know about you, and that's kind of why I, I was, uh, I, you know, I referenced your previous conversations with some of the people that he's talked about, you know, and, and and called out, let's just say, right? And I'm not asking you to say anything bad about these folks, but like, was it that way for you when you started to listen to Mike and started to believe the things that he was saying? Did you just kind of like have this moment where you had to go through all that, that, that cognitive dissonance, like, oh, I was leaning in this direction. And now all of a sudden I'm questioning everything. And I mean, what was that like for you? Because, uh, you know, I'm well, not... I'm not sure yes. if I framed that necessarily the right way of what I'm looking for, but I guess in a sense, like, you know, it seemed like on, at one point you were uh, interviewing, you know, very different, you know, group of people, and now you've moved in a different direction, and Mike has had a big impact on that. So I'm just kind of curious what that experience was like for you, because a lot of people out there, I think, believe it or not, are going through the same thing. They don't really know who to believe, and they're trying to just follow voices. I think they're looking more for voices that they trust as as opposed to necessarily the truth because nobody out there knows exactly what's going on, yeah. right? People are looking sure. for people they can trust. And that's why I don't share a lot. You know, even when you asked me to come on the show, I said, well, I'm not really sure I want to come on the show because I don't really openly share a lot of my opinions necessarily and what little bit I do share or like a vision or something. I typically just share it on my show and I don't I report the news. I don't want to become the news. And so, you know, about my opinions or whatever. But here's here's the thing. I want to take you back to the vision, because so far I've never seen God be wrong uh, when it comes to visions and dreams and words of knowledge. So remember, it was 100 percent of the Mockingbird media was compromised. That's what I keep going back to 100 percent. So how much of our side, this this truth or movement how much of this is compromised is the question. I was at one point like, well, gosh, I mean, we were all searching and had, you know, thought everybody was on the same team and it's great. Right. And so, you know, we so I, you know, 
Oh, sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't even that I wanted to believe that everybody that says they're good is good. I thought they were. And so I just did. I just believed that. I thought everybody was looking and fighting for the truth like me. And we were all in the same team and there wasn't a competition or anything like that. And, you know, we're all got the same mission. It's like a military, you know, fighting the same war. Right. And so on the right. same side, you know. And right. so so, well, I, I I I what I can tell you is that being somebody who is doing what I'm doing I have been afforded opportunities to realize things and have conversations with certain people or whatever. So we all end up learning information. Um, I went through a, a huge thing back in July, as you know, with a network that, you know, I ended up finding out was involved with Flynn and Lindell and all these people and how it all connected. Juan was included. And so, you know, and I abruptly got removed for giving Mike Gill a platform because my, and that wasn't, it wasn't about giving Mike Gill a platform as much as it was that Mike Gill wouldn't stop talking about Flynn and telling what he knew about the December 18th meeting and about, and then we got John McGreevy. I did an incredible show with, with, um, with Mike Gill where he comes out and shares and we, we play the 13 minute audio of John McGreevy saying you know, you betrayed him. He gave you a second chance. Well, who was John McGreevy talking to, which is widely known as the Linwood whistleblower, by the way. And so uh, just in case people don't know that, not whistleblowing on Linwood. It was the whistleblower that was talking about uh, that Linwood helped to tell the truth. And so this man, John McGreevy, who we didn't know who it was at first, his face was blurred out and his identity we weren't sure about. So first we didn't know who it was. Then we were told the man's name was Ryan D. White. And uh, he came out with a lot of information about a lot of people. It was jaw-dropping, groundbreaking, crazy stuff a couple of days before faux Biden has his faux inauguration. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but um, the fact of the matter is, I think there are so many psyops, so many, just in the last two weeks. I mean, craziness. And so, so many psyops, it's sickening. And so, you know, I, um, and I'm sick of people falling for them. And so that's why really I've been speaking a lot the last couple of days about how to spot a psyop and not fall for it. And what, you know, what is wrong with asking a question about this event that's coming up and who exactly are you working with? You know, oh, you say you're for New Jersey. This is going to be about New Jersey election integrity, but all the speakers aren't even from New Jersey. So how's that? What, what local groups are involved? And, you know, the person that's part of that, that connects to Flynn, you know, it's like, okay, what is going on here? And this woman, you know, attacks the woman that's just asking who's a patriot, who's a mama, who's a local person who's involved and cares. You know, it's time that we don't just fall for something because it says freedom or patriot or patriotic or, you know, yeah. God's name in it. Like we need to stand up and we need to start asking some very basic questions, because the fact of the matter is we have been believing everything. That has been told to us go, oh, they look honest. Let's just go with that. And so, you know, the fact of the matter is I got um, I got a real good, rude awakening about how you want to talk about the great awakening. I got a great awakening. You got your and, own uh, yeah. About how much corruption there really was and who people are watching every day who are lying to them. And so, you know, and look, I was in on some of that as far as, you know, being, you know, sent away and deplatformed off of a network and then being drugged through the mud with lie after lie after lie for three and a half weeks. 
okay, I haven't even, I don't even drink and I, and fake accusations about me being pulled over or DUI. I don't even drink. Like that's about the dumbest thing. My name wasn't even more that year. I still was going by my maiden name, even though I was married because I had a mother who was missing for almost 18 years. And I was afraid that if my mother went searching for me, she wouldn't be able to find me if I changed my last name legally. So with a year they even have listed, no, but see, that wasn't something widely known. And so people didn't know that I didn't legally change my name until 2001, when the government made employers have their employees match their their paychecks with their driver's licenses and social security cards and all that. So, you know, so it's crazy stuff like that and calling me deep state and all this stuff. And and I know who quit uh, replying to my text messages and who was talking to who and but they didn't know I knew, but I was getting information a different way that I wasn't thinking anything about. But then all of a sudden, when all this happened and, you know, Mike Gill gets a call on a Sunday from a network offering him all different kinds of stuff. And when he turns it down 36 hours later, I'm deplatformed. Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out for me in that situation who's good or bad. So mm-hmm. uh, when you say, yes, you've interviewed Juan. Yeah, I've interviewed him. Not since then. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. that was a great awakening for you, a great awakening of your yeah. own. I mean, experience is the yeah. best, teacher, right? You yeah. had your own personal experience. So it was, I mean, you don't have you don't have to be. You already know. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, this is our life. These, these are lives. This is serious. There is no enjoy the show at this point. You know what? Do you know how many people write me and tell me that they're living on less than eleven hundred dollars a month? I mean, enjoy the show. Are you kidding me right now? No, I'm not enjoying any show. I'm sorry. I'm past all that. And uh, whether the the, the Q drops are real or just the 4chan drops are real or whatever it is. Look, you know, I don't not. And let's think about this. Somebody who has to be in an outfit, you know, I'm kind of getting a lot over that because where is God in that? Where is God in all of this? Where is God in lying? Where is God in that? You know, enjoy the show. Where is God in all the people that are crossing over the border? Okay, so, I mean, do you believe that, do you believe that Trump is the commander in chief and and that he's the president and that he really won the election by 80% and that he's letting illegal aliens come in by the, you know, hundreds of thousands a day? Do well, you believe that's an issue that I, I that I struggle with, quite frankly. Uh, do, but do I do I believe that Trump is the commander in chief? I do. Uh, I think that there is an operation going on at the border. I mean, Q tells us, and we don't have to get into a whole conversation about it necessarily, but that we were going to be building toward just kind of keep it broad based. That this is my general belief is that we're building toward uh, some sort of a major event, some sort of a big event that's going to be. Uh, I think it's re- it's referred to in the Q drops as a scare event, and I've mm-hmm. always viewed that as something that was ultimately going to include some aspect of the border. But I don't really know. I mean, nobody really knows at the end of the day what it's going to look like. I mean, do you do you think that we're? I mean, putting Q aside for the moment, just kind of looking at everything that's happening in the world. I mean, do you think that we're heading in that direction toward a, a major interruption uh, that's going to be, or do you think it's just all a psyop and it's just business as usual and we're going to see the the next election cycle? And uh, because the way I view the world right now, I see all of these different storm clouds that, you know, that Q really alluded to. Uh, and obviously there have been multiple different sources. It's not like I just simply look at the Q drops, like with, with blinders. Yeah. 
mean, it's just part of the foundation of how I view the war, I guess, is is the best way to put it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, do, do you see us heading in that direction? Because that's the way I look at it is that we've got like the, e the economic storm clouds that are forming. We've got this whole geopolitical and I know we weren't going to drill into the topics per se, but, uh, you know, like the, this whole geopolitical seeming movement toward World War Three. We've got now that you referenced the situation at the border. So it's looking more and more like, uh, you know, a domestic situation is going to be imminent, some sort of a, a military. And, and, and I do happen to believe, by the way, that we're going to have some form of military action. I'm not saying that we're going to have like a, a, a civil war. I, I don't believe that we're going to go in that direction. But I've always imagined that there was going to be some major conflagration of all these tensions, you know, the, a banking collapse uh, of some kind, um, a major uh, standoff of some kind, uh, similar to the things that Juan has talked about, not really exactly, you know, in the, in the same uh, vein as he's talking about because a lot of my viewpoints have kind of shifted away in a different direction but that's kind of the way i see us heading toward that moment where there's going to be a military conflagration there's going to be a, a conflagration of tensions the military is going to come forward and at that point trump is going to emerge as commander-in-chief and i'm not telling you anything you don't know in terms of the the overall you know q uh belief i guess you could say but that's the way i view it um but like I say, I mean, the reason that I, I talk to people like you, I talk to people like Mike Gill, and I'm willing to explore these other op, these other uh, narratives is because I'm willing to admit that I could be wrong uh, and that I could be, you know, tied up in something that eventually I'll look back on and say, oh, I got duped. I mean, I haven't seen evidence that has convinced me of that yet. Certainly, Mike has said a lot of things that have made given me pause but not so much enough to uh, certainly not enough to, to to get me to kind of jump off of that ship completely. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm curious. But but then again, I also am sitting here in my, you know, in my house, in my basement. I haven't had the, you know, the firsthand experiences that you've had. And I haven't, you know, been on in the front lines in the same way that you have and, and don't have the same story to tell about all these things that you learned about what's going on in the background. And I guess in a sense, that's part of why I wanted to have you on is to kind of get more into that, you know, that kind of that vein of thinking of, well, this this is a possibility. And it's something that I think everyone out there should at least be aware of that, um, you know, people have different opinions. And I'm curious, you know, do you see us heading in that direction or do you do you think that it's just a, uh, I mean, you said you were aligned with what Mike was saying about Trump's three options. I'm curious. I mean, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, what I'm what I mean by I agree with Mike. Look, I don't know if the three options are the only three options on the table. Uh, I what I have learned is that Mike uh, tends to be accurate. You know, it's amazing how yeah, many he is. He's called. very accurate. And uh, and there are conversations that aren't public that he and I have had that he has told me things and then turn around and see it, or I've known something and he has said something else, and I'm going, oh gosh, Mike. You're right because of X, Y, Z. You just don't know this. But, you know, and so um, and look, I don't know. I look at it. You know, it's kind of like having you're going to make a big dinner and you've got all these spices out. It's like the Q drops are one of your spices and this is over here and that's over there. And it's like, OK, well, I don't know which ones are going to be used tonight for tonight's meal. You know what I mean? And so I don't I that's why I don't tend to even go down those roads. Of, well, what do I think? I don't really I'm not married to any of it. Q drops could be real. Maybe just the 4chan is real. You know, I, I'm open to that. Uh, I'd ask SG on an interview. USG and on, and he said he couldn't find where they had been compromised any. Uh, Lynn Wood says some stuff that makes you think it's just the 4chan uh, drops that are, are real and that the rest was a PSYOP. Well, if that's the case, then you've got where 
the 4chan drops are only like 200 and something drops, maybe 230, 240, something like that. I don't know the exact number. I don't remember. I want to say it was like 236 drops. So is it only the first 236 drops? You know, I don't know. And so, um, you know, I'm maybe, maybe I do believe there is something potentially going on with the military. I uh, sure hope so. You know, I hope that's the case. I'd like to think JFK Jr., the one we know is alive, the good looking one and all that, you know, that we we know back from the years. But but I don't know. I don't have a clue. But what I do know, but what I do know is that there are people hurting every day and that I I personally I have a lot of um, things that I think that's why I don't necessarily get into it, because I personally, you know, we it's like opinions are like everybody else, you know, and we all have them. And so um, I don't know, but I do have a, I do have strong opinions or beliefs on the things I can show or that I have gone through. And so I do have some strong um, things that I pull from about who I trust and who I don't trust and who I absolutely believe um, is not telling people the truth. And so when, when he gets on there and talks about Flynn and Juan and all that, well, I mean, it's clear to me, something's wrong. And you know, there's fight like a Flynn pack. And, you know, why, why are you doing a pack? Why are you doing fundraisers? You know, so there's just a lot going on there, but I also think things are not as far along and in set in stone is maybe what some people think, you know? Um, And so we'll have to see about that as well. But if it, I don't, but the one thing I do not like out of all of it is claiming people are causing division because that then what that does is breeds an environment for people to not feel like they can tell the truth, no matter how good or bad or ugly it is. And mm-hmm. so I will never support that verbiage. And I will actually fight against that verbiage because that then gets an environment where it's not healthy and it starts bringing up fear in those that are trying to, um, you know, be fearless and and be whatever, a warrior. You know, I'm being called to be a warrior. And so. And, you know, that's a word and visions from the Holy Spirit. And then I've had that confirmed. Well, I mean, I I don't, you know, I don't see myself as a warrior. I see myself as somebody who's speaking truth and, um, and, and encouraging those that have a story or have experiences as well to share those things that are truthful and maybe hard truths to hear. But then to sit there and go, well, criticize them and accuse them of, you know, being divisive. Well, then that's like you say you want the truth. But then when people tell you the truth, you can't handle the truth. You know, I'm I'm suddenly reminded of Jack Nicholson. And so, you know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, I'll be clear with you. I don't think that Mike is is, is doing that. I was just kind of saying you oh, know, yeah. some of the criticism. Yeah. I don't think that that's what his function is. I just want to make sure everybody's clear on that. I, I'm not saying that about him at all. Oh, sure. I yeah. think that, you know, yeah. it, it's like you say, I mean, if you start talking about, well, this person's divisive, that person's divisive, people out there have free will. They can choose to listen to whatever they want to listen to. But once you, once you start getting into that mindset, that you're, you're getting very close to then shutting down voices, shutting down conversation. And that's the antithesis of what we're about in the truth movement. You don't have to yeah. listen to it. If you're listening to something, a narrative, and you're not resonating with it, as many people have said, you can move on. You know, you have free will. You don't have to listen to it. But if you are, you are. And if you're not, you're not. I, I don't think that there's uh, that there's anything wrong with that. I'm I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. Yeah. And I tell you what, too. See, I feel like I'm in a unique situation because I've had some people that have come after me and attacked me and claimed things that 
just or not, I mean, just in the last 45 days, let's see, I've been called a money launderer. I'm having an affair with two different men in the last 45 days. Forget that I've been with the same guy for 31 years and that we're crazy about each other, but okay. Um, let's see. And then, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, the craziness that comes out of people's mouths. And then, you know, I feel bad for the people because there's so many psyops. See, I have the luxury of knowing what the truth is. And so I know that, okay, why would this person do this? Is this person being activated? Is this person working for who exactly? What is going on here? And so when you're the person that's in that spot, you can see something's off with that person who's ignoring or who is attacking you publicly out of nowhere that you haven't talked to in four months. Right. And so, um, you know, so there's that. And then there's the, you know, the people that you find out are all entwined together that aren't working for the truth, that don't want to have Mike Gill tell the truth and are trying to, you know, bully him into being quiet. And then when he refuses to change his verbiage about Flynn, they deplatform him, blackball him. Well, who has the power to blackball somebody? Well, they didn't have the power to blackball me. And when they couldn't shut shut me or keep me from from um, having him on my show and supporting the truth and all of that, then what did they do? They had to take me out. Well, you know, so there you go. It, two and two, two plus two equals four at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so if it isn't equaling four, like some of this is very simple, basic facts. And so it's very easy to see something is wrong with some, certain people. They'll show their hand at some point and you can go, okay, all right, I don't know who's who's paying them or who they're who, what their problems are, but something's up there and that's a problem and they're not a truth teller. Okay, good to know. And then you go from there. Unfortunately, though, the people don't get to, you know, you really only have when it's you. And so the people have to have that wisdom, knowledge and discernment. Mm-hmm. You know, during COVID, the Holy Spirit told me be praying for wisdom, knowledge and discernment. They're equally important. And so it's just like with, you know, uh, with forgiveness, it's not just a forgiveness thing. It's gratitude, grace and mercy and forgiveness. You have to have all four. They work together. It's like a breakfast nook table with four legs. You know, the 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 and it's very interesting that the vision that the Holy Spirit gave me about that, that each leg was represented by gratitude, grace, mercy, forgiveness. And so what happens is the table was not able to fulfill its purpose as a table, if one of the legs is shorter than the other, or all four legs are at different lengths, meaning maybe you're not so good at grace, maybe you're not so good at gratitude, but they all work together. When you can have all four of those equally, then that table can can uh, operate in its um, in its uh, purpose. Well, it's the same thing with gratitude, with uh, wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. You know, somebody can have a lot of knowledge and no uh, wisdom. Right. You can have a really smart person just has no wisdom or they have no discernment. You're like, oh, come on. Don't be so naive. You know better than this. You saw all that when when during the COVID era. I mean, if there was any doubt about who had discernment, who didn't, we found out. Yes, that's good. That's good right there. And so what happens is that he showed me like a bistro table with three legs, wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Each leg was one of the one, you know, represented one of each of those. And so if you missing one of those, so he said, pray for those, pray for wisdom, knowledge and discernment. And so and then there was another time during COVID that the Holy Spirit said, be praying for people to have the scales removed for their eyes have um, the ear gates opened for the and it was the scales to be removed from their eyes so that they could see the the message and the truth that I have for them to see ear gates to be open so that they could hear the truth that I have for them to hear 
and for the heart to be to be prepared to be able to receive the messages that I have for them to receive. And so I have been continuing to pray both of those prayers. And so for the eyes to be the scales to be removed from the eyes for the people, the people that view my show, view your show, all of us, all the people. Okay. And it's not just the believers or just the Christians or the Catholics or the Baptists. It's all the people. We're all in this together. And so, you know, we have to fight this war together. We have to come together. And so, but you have to also, you know, it's like I said, pull up your big boy pants and and be willing to do your part. Now, not everybody is called to do what you or I are doing. I would have never in a million years thought that I would be doing this. And believe you me, there's been times that I have thought, you just wait when this calling, when this is when this is lifted, I'm going to run out the door because <laughs> the attacks and the betrayal and the theft. And the, I mean, you just wouldn't believe the craziness in my life the last 15 months. Sometimes I can't believe at least. But but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is we all can do something. None of us can do it all, but we can all do something. So while you're doing a show, you've got viewers that can share it. And help others and talk to their neighbors and talk. Maybe you're you're called to talk to 10,000 people at a time where maybe someone else is called to wake up their, you know, coworker over lunch one day, you know. And so we all have different roles to serve in this war and we have to do that. And so at some point you've watched enough videos, you've learned enough lessons that you got to start talking to people. Right. And so. You know, it's that action. I always I got to I did a, a speaking engagement years ago and it was called getting to the doing part. You know, you can over prepare. I have people that got in real estate same time I did and they didn't make it long because they were the classic over preparer. But I had a guy that, you know, his stapler was a straight and his desk was clean and he was suit and tie looked great, you know, all prepared and professional looking. But at the end of the day, he didn't make it a year. You know, and so because he never got to the doing part, you got to get to the doing part. So, you know, do your part in this war is my message with people. We're at war. This is not somebody hurt my feelings time. This is we're at war and it's time to get real about this. And and quite frankly, a lot of what the battle is over is over the pe the very people that are watching. It is the American people. It's I think it's it's the people everywhere. It is good versus evil. And so, you know, who do you think they're after? They're after the mines. That's why there's so many psyops. Look at how quickly this border stuff fizzled out because then photos came out that showed that a mile and a half down the road, no, but there's no barbed wire. There's nothing there. And people can just go a mile and a half down the road that was being showed on camera that, you know, and cross the border and go on in. It was a psyop. You see what I'm saying? So this is every other day. It's another psyop and people have got to stop falling for it and start learning from the things that, you know, are being shown to them right before their eyes. And, um, you know, and I just told God when even with uh, when that happened with the with the network, I said, all right, God, well, here's the deal. This is bigger than me. OK, these are people with bigger platforms than me have, you know, whatever. And I said, um, you called me to this. And so you got to get me through it. And that means you got to protect me. I am where you told me to be. So you have to protect me. And I, I know you will do it. And uh, a few weeks later, he showed uh, producer Ron happened to tell me that we had lost 120 subscribers on Rumble one day. He goes, we've lost 120 subscribers on Rumble. And I said, we have. And then he goes, yes, I don't really watch numbers and any of that. And so, but the producer, my producer does. And so, 
um, all of a sudden it came to me and the Holy Spirit showed me, see, I've protected you. That's what protection looks like. While they trash you and go on all these different people's shows, you know, that was the protection. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then I received a vision a couple, about 10 days after all of that. It was still crazy going on. And um, I received a vision. I was coming out of my bathroom into the dining room and and um, a vision of Donald Trump appeared and the Holy Spirit immediately. I knew that there was exposure and it was about Macy's and Nordstrom's. You know, remember when he became the president, how he was deplatformed. And so the two words that I kept hearing was deplatform exposure. And so it was like, OK, yes, I, I, I haven't been in a Macy's ever since all that happened. And in Nordstrom's, I cut up my credit card I had just gotten from Nordstrom's and closed the account, cut up the card, took a selfie and put it on my Facebook page. And so uh, those two businesses meant something to me, you know, when it came to that. So deplatformed, he was deplatformed and it exposed to us the very people that were working against us. And so we get to decide if we're going to continue to support those people. Are we going to pay and finance, you know, our own enemy? So no, okay, well then that vision of Donald Trump changed to Mike Lindell and it was deplatform exposure. He was deplatform. Well, all of a sudden Bad Beth and Beyond came to mind. I'd been getting emails about how they were, you know, 20% off. We're closing all our stores, 136 stores, and you know, another 5% off, another sale. I kept getting all these emails from Bed Bath and Beyond. And I kept rem remembering every time I was seeing that they had, you know, filed for bankruptcy, they had famously deplatformed and kicked out Mike Lindell. And then Mike Lindell's image changed to my face and that network. And he said, you were deplatformed and it's been exposed and people will get to choose if they're going to go with the truth or not. And so I just I let them say all the things they want to say about me and, you know, all that. But it wasn't true. And people saw through it and God took care of it and he fought that battle. And that is what even today with everything going on in this world God is still in the miracle working business. And so, you know, I hope that everybody hearing this remembers that no matter how bad or how ugly it looks, you know, the truth is ugly. I've had to figure that out. It's ugly and it can be divisive looking. But the fact of the matter is, but God, but God is in the miracle working business, but God can reveal the truth. Don't look away from the truth. Look toward the truth. Go toward that. That's the light. That is the light, not the false light. It's the real light. And so step into that and go, God, show me what you have for me to know. Show me what you you want me to have. If I'm not supposed to follow this person or read that or do this, you know, I asked God recently, I said, why didn't you show me about these people that were going to betray me? You know, I was talking to him at the middle of December and, you know, talking about my heart and, you know, the word of God says to above all else, protect your heart. And so a lot of the stuff I didn't know what was being said about me, I would be told by somebody because I couldn't watch it. It hurt too bad. These were people I thought I cared. I cared about them. I thought they liked me at least, you know, maybe cared about me on some level. And to realize that that wasn't the case was it was brutally hurtful. And so, um, you know, and so I realized they were wolves in sheep's clothing. And it was very it was very painful for me. People don't realize we're real people, too. Right. You know, and so look at Mike Gill. Mike Gill said to me about a month and a half ago, he's gosh, people are like, where did he come from? He's been around 17 years. You're welcome. You know, it's like he's like, gosh, when am I going to have to stop, you know, explaining who I am and. We're, you know, improving myself, like what I'm fighting. And he goes, you know, I, I just I can't hardly believe I'm still 17 years later having to do that. The very basics of it. And so, 
you know, I just had to, I, I remember praying and talking to God about it. And, um, he said, you know, I, I, uh, I had, if I would have not had those situations in your life, uh, then those betrayals and kept those from happening, then you, I had lessons for you to learn through those things. And so you had to go through them. And about an hour later, I heard him say, but you always had my protection. And I knew he was talking about that. Even in those storms, even through those betrayals, the lying, the thieving, I've had the craziest things happen. But, but, but God. And yes, I've learned some tough lessons, real tough lessons about people and heartbreaking betrayals. But at the end of the day, um, God called me to it. He's going to get me through it. And he's still in the miracle work and business. And we continue to grow because we keep focused on the people and the truth. Brilliantly said. Wow, that was amazing. My audience is going to eat this up. They're going to love it. I can't wait. Uh, so, all right. Well, you know, we've had a really great conversation. I think uh, we don't have to go too much longer, but I did have one question for you, just you know, similar, you know, along the same lines, you know, um, of these all these different narratives. Have you noticed that more and more people are coming out against Trump now? Because that's one thing that I mean, it's 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 amazing to me to see because, you know, first it was like the division within the Patriot community. And now there are a lot of people out there, you know, you talked about and I'm not going to throw around any names or anything like that. But there are a lot of people, uh, you know, some of whom I've listened to for a very long time and trusted and so forth, who are now uh, coming out and kind of throwing Trump under the bus. And, you know, it's it's it it's interesting too, because, you know, that's the one thing Mike Gill has said he's adamant about is that Trump is not corrupt. As a matter of fact, he said to me on, on my show that, and he's probably said it on yours multiple times, that Trump's the only one that isn't corrupt, that everyone else around him is. And there's a lot of folks out there who are trying to seemingly, you know, take the knives out and, and, and go after Trump now at a critical phase. So maybe we can end with that. And maybe, you know, that coupled with, you know, how do you see the rest of this year playing out? Yeah. So with the whole thing about Trump, I guess I'm not surprised. I hadn't seen that. What I have noticed is there are so many people coming forward about um, Flynn. So a critical thinker like I am uh, says, OK, so all these people coming out about Flynn, uh, is this new information? Are they coming out with any new information? So at what point did these people know these things? Hmm. And who are they representing? And so, you know, we need to start looking ab about that and going, hmm, why all of a sudden so many people speaking up? Now, Mike Gill spoke up when nobody else was speaking up. I did a show about is General Michael Flynn really who you think he is back in June. And, uh, you know, I got half the audience loved me and said, I knew it. And then the other half said, I'll never watch you again. And I, that's when I got a really rude awakening about how many people say they want the truth, but don't. I was shocked. Well, that's and what so, I meant by divisive, you know, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, wasn't divisive. It was doing. the truth. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, but I will say I had a rude awakening. I went to say this earlier. When I went to get that Alice Bailey type prayer, the seven rays of light, you know, uh, you know, incantation, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was uh, very difficult to find. Now that had been that that went viral. That went viral. How was that hard to find? Mm. It took me almost an hour. I almost gave up on even looking for it. And then an idea came to me and I ended up being able to find it. That how can that be hard to find? So that was another lesson that I learned. See, uh, right under our noses, how many things, just like during COVID, the, the very definition of vaccine was changed. 
Thank yeah. goodness I actually have a dictionary and an encyclopedia and a thesaurus, an actual one. In fact, that's the one thing I got from my grandparents was their dictionaries. So I happen to have those. But, you know, it, I never even considered that before, you know. And so so I think it's very interesting. I think that the viewers should really be thinking and sitting back and going, why is it all of a sudden so many people coming out about Flynn and telling things that did they just learn all this stuff? Really? I mean, you know, did we just now realize Ivan Raiklin is his whipping boy? I mean, is this news really? You know, and so when did they learn and why were they quiet six months ago? And so why? And so that's the one thing. Um, and then so the Trump thing. So, well, you're going to fix you're fixing. You're finding out. Let people listen to people long enough and they will show you who they are. They'll tell you. And so the ones that are talking anything negative about Trump, there you go on a platter. I like what Lynn Wood says personally. Now people will go, oh great, she's on the Lynn Wood train. No, I'm not on the Lynn Wood train. I'm on the truth train. Okay. I'm about the truth. I haven't yet to find Lynn Wood lying about anything. You get away from because... this 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 labeling thing, you know, like that's what people yes. want to do. They hear you say something, yeah. slap a label on you. That's the same thing the mainstream media does. I mean that we really got to yeah. get away from that. People have to think independently. Yes. And so but I take it all in. Remember the spices. So you got the Q drops over here. Some may be good. Some may not be. It might have been infiltrated. Might not have been. I'm just, you know, 4chan, 8chan. I don't know. But I'm not saying none of them are any good. And I don't know if all of them are good. And so I take in information and um, and then connect dots. And it's the same thing with people, by the way. You know, when you've got enough check marks by your name, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm just done with that. That's a psyop or that's they're not being honest and open. And I'm I'm done with that. And I'm moving on. And they, and so, you know, people will tell you there will be there'll be a picture. You know, how many photos people of that? radically photo. change their narrative. That to me is is a red flag. Right. Tell you know, yeah. out of sudden, out of, I mean, look, we all have had to pivot along the way. We learn, we change our viewpoints. I mean, that's that's the way it's supposed yeah. to be. But when people are radically going in a different direction, I think that to me is a tell. So here's the thing, too. Like um, the reason why I did the and actually, ironically, I did the show with Juan and it was called Is Ron DeSantis Really Who You Think He Is? And so I had been doing um, a deep dive on Ron DeSantis. And the reason what led me to do this just independently, very quietly, uh, wasn't telling anybody about it. But I had been gathering all this information on him because I noticed people that were big Trumpers were actually talking about voting for him. And so it alarmed me and it was like, what in the world are you talking about? And so what happened was uh, he called me about uh, something else and wanted to be on the show. And I said, look, you've been making the rounds about this topic. And, you know, I'm fine if you want to talk five to 10 minutes about that. But other than that, I want to talk about I got a, I got a different idea. And so I told him about DeSantis and I said, I, I don't think he's who, you know, who everybody thinks he is. And I'm ready to spill the beans about him. And. I was impressed that Juan knew something, you know, the person that goes by the name Juan, uh, you know, knew something that had recently happened. Nobody was talking about, uh, which was a big donor who was supposedly, you know, self-inflicted gunshot to the head found in his truck at the post office in town. He was under investigation at the local sheriff's department. He used to have a key card to the sheriff's department. It had just recently gotten taken from him and there was a new sheriff in town. And that sheriff was doing an investigation on this man. But this man happened to also be a big time DeSantis donor who not just big time, but DeSantis and his family lived in this man's luxury condo in Florida while he was running for governor of Florida. 
So I'm like, huh, very interesting information. And so I knew about the man. I started doing a deep dive on his history about where he went to school, all that, anything with Yar uh, Harvard or Yale, that, not good. And then he has his own background. I think it was in the Navy intelligence and stuff. So, you know, keywords and things that, you know, grabbed attention and, and different connections. And since then, I have whistleblowers that have called me and told me about way worse stuff. But but anyways, but DeSantis said to me, I mean, uh, Juan said to me, the man that poses as, as Juan says, um, you know, the thing is, um, you know, he and he wouldn't say this on the air, but and during the show, but it's it is what it is. It was like, if you vote for him, you might as well be voting for Hillary for the Clintons. He, he's in bed with the exact same people. And so but you can't back then you couldn't tell people that because and really still now you have to be careful because people don't don't want to be sold. OK, this is sales training people. And it's the same thing. And so it's like people don't want to be sold. They want to buy. OK, but they do need to be led. They need to help help you. They need help. They need to be in a way that I've always said it is, look, I'm here to help you make an informed decision. I'm not here to tell you what to believe or which home to buy or what, what you know, when to what to list your house at or whatever, when to list your home. You got to make the best decision that it's for you. OK, it's the same thing. I'm here helping you make an informed decision. And so when I find something that I think is is jaw dropping, important information, then I'm bringing it to the viewers uh, of the Michelle Moore show and saying, hey, here's what I found Here's what's going on. And by the way, I don't know of a better source in a lot of cases than Mike Gill. So that's why he keeps coming on, because it isn't the same show over and over. It's always something different. There's always, always yeah. it's yeah. always something. And so it's 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 relevant. It's important. And let's just recap some here. Let's just we haven't said this. And I do want to say this. Mike Gill. So let's talk about in this movement, there's human trafficking, not just child trafficking, but human trafficking. There's drug dealing and there's gun, there's uh, drug trafficking and gun trafficking. Okay. The Pandora's box, Mike Gill is Pandora's box, by the way, but all three of those, all three, okay, um, they are in Pandora's box. So if we say it's about the kids, well, it's just like with that, is Michael, General Michael Flynn really who you think he is? One of my big questions in that show was, well, you say it's about the survivors. It's about the kids. Well, where are the survivors of MK Ultra speaking on the stage? I went to the website and I looked at about 75 different speakers, names and histories and stuff, and none of them have ever been trafficked. But, you know, what's funny is I got plenty of those whistleblowers calling and talking to me. Why isn't Kathy O'Brien in every single one of those? She was a presidential model in the MK Ultra program or somebody else. I mean, there's plenty of people. I've had people who, who have called me who attended those events and were shunned and they were trafficked you know that shunned went up to clay clark and told his their background and how they were trafficked shunned and they just back, to, they just want to control the, the the whole operation that's really what it is they, they're but it's about the children but it's about the children and it's about the traffic well since when I mean, but they'll pass around a, a little bowl and tell everybody put your pennies nickels and quarters in there for flynn because that's what they're doing they are doing that. And they literally said that every little bit helps from the stage collecting that money. And so, you know, now Mike Gill will tell you, well, is there anybody that, you know, when you're putting those pennies, nickels, dimes and quarters in there and dollars and everything. Um, so is somebody reporting that to the IRS? Uh, like, where's that going? You know, I mean, let's just start asking some good questions here, you know, so 
somebody who's talking about Trump, I'd be interested. And it's, you know, I love what Lynn Wood says. Pay attention to who says fix 2020. We're going to vote our way out of this. Oh, my goodness. I heard Gene Deco this morning. Uh, he'll be on my show Monday. I heard him saying something about he thinks we're going to be voting in January or in, uh, in November. Oh, that's complete insanity. Uh, it's insanity, uh, you know, to even even talk about that because um, we all voted last time and it didn't get fixed. We all voted last time. Now, I believe Trump won, whether it was 51 percent or you know, 80%. I don't, I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't care. He won. That's what matters. And so why, what is going on? This is insanity. And so, um, but again, I hear, I know about all the talk about the military operation. I've heard all this about devolution. I've heard all this stuff. The fact of the matter is he's not in office and people are still hurting. That's all I know. And mm -hmm. I'm, I, I just don't see any good of that. At some point, enough is enough. And well, I agree with you. It's point, not good. Yeah. Some point enough is enough. And I think we've kind of gotten to that point. And uh, quite frankly, you know, when I listen to the things that Mike was saying about the different options that Trump has available to him. And of course, we have this this whole trial coming up and the question of the immunity and how is that going to go? How is the court going to rule on that? Is there going to be a, some sort of a, an assassination attempt? Is is Trump going to uh, go ahead and, and open up the box, like Mike says, or uh, is he going to make a deal? I mean, that's that's one area where I, I, I have a difficult time thinking about Trump making any deals and so forth. But we don't have to get into where I disagree. But, you know, it's just uh, I guess the point I'm making is, is that Mike's commentary and his information in, in a lot of ways is informing the way that I'm looking at the events right now. And in a sense, to see how in which direction they go, because if he's saying, look, look for this to happen, X, Y and Z. You know, for either, you know, for Trump to make a deal and back out of the race or to go ahead and open the box or maybe there'll be an assassination attempt. Those are the things that he's talked about recently. I don't know if he's he's come out with some new stuff that probably, you know, that's yeah. old information that now at this point. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that if things start to move in and in more in, in aligned with the direction that Mike has kind of predicted, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, uh, then I think that would probably, uh, you know, push me more in that direction to align myself with the narrative that, that he's put out there. I think a lot really is it's kind of like we're at a crossroads right now. We have to see, you know, what's going to happen with this trial. How is it going to is there going to be some sort of an emergency alert? Is there going to be I mean, is there going to be an election? I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be an election. I don't think there's any possible way that we could have any anything close to a fair election. I think that Gina said some things. I, I actually spoke to him recently as well. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think uh, some of the intel that he's gotten about, you know, Dominion being taken out of the picture in the background and that the election would would be a cleaner election. Um, I might Could be, be. Crossing the streams with, yeah. maybe with a different conversation. I don't know if Gene necessarily said that, but I know that one of the people that I talked to probably was. But uh, but, you know, I think a lot depends on what we see unfold in the next several weeks. And uh, this is going to be the year of revelation. That's the way I look at it, because 2024, I mean, let's just say hypothetically, we did get to 2024, the election and everything just, you know, is set like business as usual. And we see it get stolen again. I mean, it's like we can't go through that again. And like you said, people are I mean, the wheels are already falling off. People are not going to I don't think are going to be on board with this whole truth movement if we don't see some major action movement in the right direction very soon. And I think 2024 is that year. And, you know, we've mentioned the Q drops a couple times. I mean, Q said there's not going to be any civil war uh, that, uh, you know, that some some very major things are going on right now. I mean, obviously, there's the the uh, a lot of things we could talk about as far as the border is concerned. But 
I mean, we, we know we've got all these illegals coming in. There's there's a lot of potential there for, for this to spiral out of control. Is that going to happen or is it not going to happen? And I think so I'm kind of at the point where I'm staying open minded. I mean, I'm grounded in what I've you know, what's led me here is similar to you. You know, it's like I, I'm but I'm also fluid and I'm comfortable wherever the truth goes is where I'm going to follow, no matter how painful that is at the end of the day. Uh, that's the direction that I'm going to go. But I think this is the year where everything has to come out because we can't continue this cycle into 2025. There's just no way. I think all of the wheels are going to fall off. And certainly we didn't even get into the economic conversation tonight. And we could maybe save that for another day. But I mean, that in and of itself, I think, is going to force the hand uh, of a lot of the players here. And we're going to see this situation come to a head. But I, I mean, do you agree in, in general terms and that, that 2024 really is the pivotal year and that, you know, something has to fundamentally change that we really just can't continue on this trajectory anymore? Well, I would have said that, you know, before Biden got inaugurated, I would have said, oh, we can't do that. You know, okay, so yeah. so I think that, you know, it's um that's it's difficult to say that i think we could do, we could have said that numerous times in the last four years um but uh you know we I guess that, maybe from like an ideological standpoint you know so many people out there are holding on you know like right now because they're waiting to see what happens is trump going to actually come back is he really the commander-in-chief is there actually truth behind this whole military is the only way i think that there's people are holding out hope for that. Now, me, I'm not at the point where I'm like holding on, I'm desperate holding on for hope. I'm still pretty yeah. solid in my belief. You may disagree, and that's totally that's totally fine. But a lot of people out there, I think, are waiting to see what happens. But what happens has to be unveiled this year because beyond this year, I mean, if we get to 2024 and there is an election, then 2020 is now in the history books. And there's yeah. really nothing that, that can be done about that. And it's going to stand and, uh, you know, COVID is going to stand and all of these things are we're just going to go on with our lives. I mean, I just don't think it's going to work that way. Well, I mean, now that we're learning so much about history, you know, we're finding out that uh, many people that were very bad, uh, the justice was not served and they came here with Project Paperclip. So is it possible that people get to just skip away? Yeah, it's very possible. Bad people that did very bad things get to get out of it. Yeah, anything's possible. Do I pray and hope to God that that doesn't happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, to say that, oh, well, there's going to be justice served on every, you know, let's not be naive here. And that's really what uh, Mike is saying in so many ways. He's saying, look, there may be some deal making going on here and not everybody. He's like, I'm reading the board and not everybody. They're going to give us some low hanging fruit. There's going to be a few sacrifices as to, you know, people. But even like today where he was talking about certain people that he caught, they would just abruptly not be in that position anymore. High positions, high government positions, all of a sudden early resignations. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to retire early, you know, or I'm retiring. Oh, but it was, you know, a couple of years early. So, so yes, I mean, we have a lot of things that look like there is a military operation. There looks like a lot of good things are happening. And what I could say is, you know, people will say, well, you know, do you think that, you know, uh, my governor is good or, you know, look, here's the thing. Um, it's like someone asked me today, could I uh, recommend a constitutional attorney? And I said, well, that's kind of like an oxymoron. It's like asking me for um, a politician who's uh, honest. I Not tell you what, I'm, here's here's what I'm going to like a politician. You ready? When they get on the stage and they tell everyone about the corporation. OK, when they come clean about the IRS being a for profit corporation, 
well, the FBI, the CIA, the you know Department of Justice, when they they come clean about it being a satanic ritual when you go to a court system, when they come when they start really coming clean with the truth, and so we we have yet to have anybody do that, and so we've had a lot of calms, we've had a lot of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're all dirt bags except for Trump. And we we shall see, you know, um, I'm not married to any of it. And the fact of the matter is the only one I don't and I don't even put my hope in any man anyways. So I put my hope in Jesus. I put my hope in God and I keep my eyes on Yahweh. And so for me, this is not like. If Trump ends up being bad, Trump ends up being bad. I hope not. I don't think so. You know, but we look, I think also some some plans have changed. I think there was a point where Kamala was supposed to take over and it just didn't happen uh, for one reason or another wasn't allowed. And so I think there's a lot of stuff going on here in this crazy talk about, you know, Big Mike becoming, you know, running for president. But, you know, look, there are so many people that are still asleep. That's very concerning. That's why I said everybody is we're in war and everybody's got a part to, to, to you know, a, a position. You may not you may not be called to talk to 10,000 people at a time. You may be called to talk to the coworker like I talked about or the brother in law at the at the dinner table. But I'm just telling you, we all better be working and doing our part because yeah. this is a war and the war just in case people didn't realize the fight is over the people, the that's people's right. mindset. the pe- So that's why I and I really didn't understand it to the degree until some of the attacks that had been levied against me recently. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's the people. It is the people. They're trying to turn the people against the very truth tellers, the very people. And so you got to be careful. About And that's why I said, let's be praying for wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Let's continue to do that. And let's just ask and say, okay, you know, and I tell people, I've started telling people, look, if you, if you even halfway believe crazy uh, that is being said or whatever, well, then you're not paying attention and you just go on ahead and unsubscribe and go somewhere else because I'm just, I'm not even going to deal with that stuff and anymore because it's so, it's so ridiculous. And so, but I want to go back, though, and close out with this, and that is that no matter what happens, no matter who is good, no matter who is bad, no matter what politician does or doesn't tell us the truth about the corporation, whatever is going on, here's what I do know. God is still, you know, reigning, and he is still in the miracle working business, and so we have to keep our eyes on him. This is a spiritual battle, good versus evil, and that is what people have got to remember. Well said. This has been a great conversation, Michelle. This you you brought so many so many topics and you've said so many things on those topics that rarely get mentioned. And especially as far as you know the your closing comments and a lot of the things you've talked about, you know, you, you've woven the spiritual aspect of this war together so nicely with your experiences and you've given us a real snapshot into who you are, what you're all about. I think you're probably gonna get a lot of my audience who who maybe people out there who who haven't uh heard your show you're going to get a lot of new fans i i imagine because uh you really are a courageous woman uh i'm an admirer of what you're doing uh, i'm admiring every single every single time i watch one of your shows like i said i can i can just see the authenticity i can see that you're a genuine person who cares and you know the point is is that we don't have to agree on every single thing but the reality like you said we're all on the same team or at least those of us who actually are on the same team we can recognize it more and more you know, the people out there, as far as I'm concerned, who are on the right side of history, on the right side of this war, you know, they can deal with multiple different 
narratives and ideas at the same time without getting triggered, without their head exploding. Uh, there, Unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there in our community who still haven't gotten to that point. You know, they're still, in a sense, deprogramming. I think part of it is recognizing that the mainstream media, all the outlets that you mentioned, you know, from top to bottom, all liars, recognizing that as your first red pill. But then there's sort of the deconstructing of the MKUltra, the mass MKUltra program that they inflicted on the population through mass media. And a lot of that is the mentality, that leftover mentality where people like they just they feel like they have to, um, you know, like just just attack a narrative that challenges them. Or, you know, it's like you can listen to something, you process it, you use your discernment. And if it doesn't taste right, you spit it out and you move on. And and that's what you do. But I think a lot of, I think as we get deeper into this process, more and more people, I think, are coming around to that. And uh, it's it's also been a process for all of us where we've had to get stronger. We've had to get closer to God. We've had to get a, a thicker skin. Certainly you and I, you know, being in, in, the, in this position, doing what we do and all the criticism that we get. And you've gotten a lot more than I have. That's for sure. Uh, but I get it leveled at me as well. And it's 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 certainly is a it's all contributing to our spiritual growth. And I think that at, at a certain point, um, you know, I, I do think that this year we're going to reach that tipping point. I, I hope and pray that I'm right. Um, but, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm wrong about certain things and we still end up getting to the other side and we still end up victorious in this war, I'll be happy to be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'll go on a sh- and I'll do a show celebrating all the things that I was wrong about, because what I care about is victory at the end of the day. So thank you so much. Yes. for joining me and uh and and hopefully we can do this again i think it was a lot of fun so um tell folks where uh they can find your work i know you mentioned i mean it's the michelle moore show but where can people uh you know get your uh we can maybe you can email me your links i'll put them in the description but just kind of mention to folks where they can find out more about you and your work yeah so i think really the biggest place is rumble of course so the michelle moore show if you just do a search there and of course i'm on all different kinds of social media platforms when you go to rumble uh, producer Ron puts all the links in the show description so you can go through there and there's all different kinds of social media platforms that I'm on, Telegram, Twitter, all that. But uh, except for YouTube, I recently had uh, Michael Jaco on and um, and so I asked him about something and I don't know if that was what got me ixnate or if it was just because it was Michael Jaco. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But anyways, got next to YouTube so, a long time ago. I wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, I I, I kind of miss the platform in some ways. But, you know, if you're telling the truth. They don't like it over at YouTube. No, no sure. apparently not. So, anyways, but even with Facebook too, I've 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 had to quit. Sh- you know, like live streaming the show to Facebook. But we'll do a little bit of marketing there and stuff. But yeah. So, but we um you know we just uh, keep doing. It. And of course, I own Truth Talk America Network, so it's truthtalkamerica.com. And you can see that as well. But we're, you know, we have a different, a few different um, personalities that are on the network. And then we also, um, we share uh, uh, documentaries and educational videos. And it's 24-7 network doing that. So just a lot of work, but it is uh, something that I heard the Holy Spirit last December about. So we've been doing it now for almost 14 months. And and uh, and it's really helping people learn a lot. So we love it. That's so, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. You know, and, you know, you mentioned it was kind of funny. I was chuckling to myself. I'll just and I'll close with this. Okay. Uh, you mentioned some of us are, you know, destined to to talk to large groups of people like we do and then other people aren't. And it's kind of I was chuckling to myself because I was thinking, well, yeah, I was I wasn't successful in, in trying to red pill anybody around me. And I've said I've said this to my audience before. If I had some success in that, 
And I was actually able to like wake people up around me. They, the world probably never would have heard my voice, you know, because <laughs> I, you know, but, but there are other people who have, I mean, that's the point is, is that we all have unique talents and, you know, my talent certainly was not on a one-to-one, you know, I, I guess I just do better in this format because people tell me, oh, you red pilled my father or you red pilled my mother. And I'm like, <laughs> what I wouldn't give to red pill my own mother and father it just never worked out that way, but God has a plan. And, uh, you know, all of us are playing very, very important roles. And I do believe that whenever this big event happens, as I anticipate, or, you, you know, you might define it a little bit differently, but whenever we get to the other side, let's just let's just kind of say that all of us are going to be, I think that's when the real work actually begins, in a sense, oh, I, you know, we're yeah. going to be the ones who are going to be rebuilding this world uh, in, in really in, in, a, in an entirely uh, in an entirely new way and, and, and on an entirely different foundation but we can maybe put a pin on that and uh and come back to that for our next episode so thank you again michelle thank you everybody out there for listening check out the links in the description make sure you check out michelle's uh, channel and follow her you'll be happy you did i'll be back soon everybody god bless godspeed patriot out